The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. So there's an excellent news website called GroundUp, groundup.org.za. They have fantastic stories and they engage with stories that are not necessarily front of news, but stories that are critical to who we are as South Africans. And recently GroundUp featured an article about hungry children who go hunting to get food, focusing on children in Sakane Ekuruleni. They're missing lunchtime meals because they're not going to school every day owing to COVID-19 regulations. So they go out and they hunt for uh, small animals and sometimes get them to eat. So we felt that it was a story that we'd be interested in covering, but thought it may be inappropriate to talk to the child uh, size himself, Caesar uh, himself. So we've got Caesar's mother on the line, Fikile, in Sakani Ekuruleni. Fikile, thank you so much for joining us. <coughs> Fikile, talk to us about um, the currently your children are not able to um, get lunchtime meals because they're not going to school and they're not part of the, the, the original school feeding schemes. Tell us about that. About feeding schemes at school? Yeah. Yes. They, 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 they have a feeding scheme at school. But they, 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 they use to cook the, the soya. Yeah. So sometimes the child some of the food they cook is they are allergic to it. So that is why they don't eat the usual eat that food. So Fakile, you are the a lot um, I know that your child Caesar is not getting to school because um, of the COVID-19 regulations, you've moved uh, to different areas, so he's not getting the school meal at the moment. Yes. So how does he go out and how is he hunting for food? Yes, he needs to sit in the corner and so people passing through the street over there. So he decided to make that time to help people to get that Little money to buy the food. Okay. And he, and he decided to work with the children who are, who are in the same situation. And, and, and Fikile, tell us how are they doing that? We make the cars with, with wood and. and he take the cars with wood and many cars, ten cars, and he hired that kid to work with him. He 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 work with that kid to carry the groceries of the other people. So they gave them two rents, run five runs. Yeah. When he got that money, he buy the bread. Sometimes you go and buy the chicken livers to eat. Maybe the small mini sometimes. Yeah. Fakile, the line is not great at all. We're going to leave it at that. But uh, let's just go back to that story. So the story is in groundup.org.za and it focuses on children who are doing errands. They 
They might be helping, as uh, Fikile mentions, they might help by carrying shopping. They might even try to uh, wash cars to earn small change to buy food. And one of the great challenges, of course, is that with COVID-19 and young children not going to school on a regular basis, we are seeing that they are not able to then, of course, partake in the school eating or feeding schemes. And this is a huge issue for them in a major, major way. So we, we thought about this and uh, we thought, how, how is this being resolved? Is there a response to this? Is there a support for this? And uh, the man, uh, of course, who always comes with the answer, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers. Dr. Suleiman, always good to be talking to you. Uh, morning, gosh. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Suleiman, talk to us about what is in fact happening um, with regards to the issue of school feeding schemes and the work that you are currently doing. Well, I was not specifically related to school feeding schemes. I was related to general hunger. Yeah. And it's something that we picked up in the Eastern Cape around June, July. Well, let's go a little when that was declared for March 26th or starting on the 27th, yeah. we knew for the first two weeks or so people will be fine. They've just got paid, they got their pension money, they got you know, the grants and all that. For the first two weeks to 10 days, it'll be fine. But thereafter, if it continues, there's going to be an outcry you know, for, for food. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. From around the middle of April, our, 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 you know, media, our information lines went crazy. Our call center which normally is managed just by the switchboard operators in the different offices, couldn't cope. We had to put in four additional staff to take hundreds of calls a day, and there's only one request. We need food. At any one point, our in, in, in email box had more than 8,000 emails. At any one point. Yeah. People, and only one request. Please, we are hungry. We need food. We need to feed our children. We need to feed the elderly. We are foreign nationals. We stand nowhere. It, it, it was that kind of message that kept on coming on. And then the real impact was when we were on the ground in the Eastern Cape. Yes, we were feeding people. We were rolling out thousands. We've done probably close to 250,000 food parcels already, besides supporting 100 feeding centers and your skips. And, and uh, uh, there's a lot to explain about all that. But let's just carry on. So in April, the calls came in volumes. We, our teams were on the ground. We were on the ground every day from you know, first, first day. But the food, initially PPEs, and then yeah. we had to add food to it. And we're still busy with food right now, NPPs, and other things. But in June, July, we were in a place called Pedi. Yeah. The guys to distributing food there. And the, and the people came. The other thing is, the moment the trucks come into an area, the people start dancing the moment they see the, the green truck from a distance. And they start screaming with joy and happiness. And when you come in, they sit in dignity. They wait. This lady takes a food parcel. She says, thank you very much, in her language. And then she says... You know, it would be nice for you to talk to my children. They will tell you the taste of every plant in this area. They've been eating plants for the last uh, several months to survive. She says, in all this time, from lockdown till now, we received 25 food parcels. When the 25 food parcels came, were coming, the community sat together and said, do we take it or do we reject it? Even at the time that we need it. Because who's going to eat and who's going to look? Mm. And then they said eventually they agreed to take it. We gave them the food parcels. After we announced that story, we started getting comments from different parts of the Eastern Cape that what you're saying is indeed true. It's not only happening in Pedi, 
It's happening in many areas in the Eastern Cape. And a lot of children are eating grass to survive. And even mothers are feeding grass to babies to make them survive. It's not, it's not mentioned. It's not known. Nobody knows about us. We make the calls. Nobody listens. In an area where a thousand people are, families, they said we received 10 food parcels. He said, what do you do? And then subsequent to that, we got a call to say, you know what? We have to remove the cats and dogs from the streets because people are starting to eat them. And some of the animals may have rabies. It's high risk. Mm. So we're not, they say, we're not blaming the people. This is a sign of what people have to, are forced to do because there's no food. Three days later, we got a call from different areas to say, please, we have to save the tortoise. People are eating the tortoise. There's nothing to eat. Then talking about children and feeding. Wherever we distribute food, and we do it on a, every single day, whether it's food parcels, whether it's feeding centers, you should see the number of kids that turn up. And you can't believe there's so many kids in South Africa. They come in the thousands collectively in all the feeding centers. They come with their own small bowl, little hands, barefooted, torn clothes, and in winter it's freezing. And those kids, and sometimes we try to give up clothes to them also when it's so cold. Give them a hot soup. But the strange thing is that every child gives you a smile. That smile covers up all the suffering that they've been going for for weeks. We don't know how many days they eat or don't eat. Then our, our teams witness them at dumps. They come and they wait at the dump. At the moment the dump trucks come, they run to scavenge for food. Mm. And, and they look for that. And you would find, we, we saw a child take a jam tin and start eating from a jam tin. Now, that's dangerous. Both in terms, it's serrated, it can cut the child, and also infection. Another child eating from a peanut butter bottle. And these are the kind of things you witness every day. And every single day, the calls just keep coming. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Uh, this is the lowest spectrum. Foreign nationals call, and they say, look, we know mental land. We don't belong in this country. We don't have ID books. We can't go back to our country. What wrong did our children do? Please come to my house. See for yourself. Don't give me and my wife food. Just feed my two-year-old and my five-year-old. They're hungry. We don't know what to do. So, Dr. Mathias, how, how, yeah. how, um, how do we help you? Look, uh, uh, you know, the reality is you can't get to everybody. The first thing in the last intervention is you have to be realistic that you can't get to everybody. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we, we map out areas and we try to do, and look, the corporates have been very good. A lot of them have been taking care of the employees and giving sponsorship towards food parcels. But what we do is we map out different areas. We roll out the food parcels. We do one drop off. One food parcel lasts a family of five for a month. So, you know, I call it the grid system. So mm. for one month, we know all those people are off the grid. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And, and so you know, how to help me? Yes, we need funding, food parcels or, or money to buy uh, support for bulk kitchens. And every other day, we have to set up an additional kitchen because then you have the manpower. Kids can go somewhere to eat. It's not, it's not the ideal solution. But under the circumstances, it's the only solution yeah. because there's nothing else to do. You're not going to grow crops overnight in, in, in four hours. That's what happened. You know, so you need to support. That's one aspect of it. As much food support in terms of food parcels and bulk food for feeding kitchens. But there's another aspect. You don't have to wait for gift of the givers. In, in this lockdown, you are living in certain area. You may have heard it of your neighbor a neighbor's five doors down the road or two streets away. A lot of this, and I'm thinking, when I'm talking to you now, everybody must be thinking, ah, these are all poor areas, Alexandra, you know, Elicha, you know, somewhere in the Bron, Pimpas, Mark, all places. They are people who are living in affluent areas. 
yeah. who called us and said we were top managers, big houses, big cars, kids, four kids in private school. We need a food parcel. We don't know where we're going to. It has affected everyone across the board. Phone the banks and see how many people have called for business rescue. Yeah. How much default is on loans? How many cars are being repossessed and being resold? So everybody needs help. So I've come to the point is all South Africans collectively, if they know somebody, let us spend a little more. If we have a little more, let's give, this is the time to give a plus somebody else. And with dignity, help your friend, help your family, help your neighbor, do something for them. Support Fantastic. us so we can help the, the, the people in the rural areas with food passes and feeding things. The other big thing we can do is, I've said this many, many times to government, let's support the farmers, you know, give the fodder to the sheep, support agriculture, because if farm workers start going back to work, we're talking of literally hundreds of thousands of jobs. We're going to have to leave him there. That's Dr. Imtia Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers. And as he says, you can do it in your individual capacity. You can support Gift of the Givers. There are children who are hungry right now. And uh, we have been following those stories. And we will continue to follow that one as, the, as well.